You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 554, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick the Week Podcast, episode 554, currently winning. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Hi. All right. Uh, we are the gentlemen from iFanboy.com, and while we're not in the room together at the moment, we're on the same call, so that's almost like the same thing. And, I miss uh, you guys. It, it was fun. It was weird looking at Josh while, I'm t- while we're talking. <laughs> It's um, it's way less it's it's way less intimidating when we can't see each other making that throat slash finger thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, for me, it was just the the general look of disinterest on both your faces. It was just oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So uh, we are here to talk about the comic books that we love and that we read every week. And then one of us takes uh, picks their favorite book of the week and calls out the pick of the week. Uh, and then we'll talk about that book. We'll talk about some other books. We'll hear from you, the the viewers. And uh, it's gonna um, be a, uh, yes, Josh. They are, they're listeners. Actually. They're listeners, right? Not viewers, right? Okay, I knew that. There is not a visual. <laughs> so, quick, quick warning: we're going to talk about what happens in the book. So, the, it's often perceived as spoiling. So, if you have not read your comics, you might want to press pause, come back, listen later, or just be warned: we might ruin your favorite comic book. So, be uh, be warned. Uh, this week, Josh had the pick, and man, did he swing and miss! Wow. <laughs> I, I decided. Uh, I decided earlier that I'm going to be contentious and disagree with the pick. Uh-oh, so there you feisty. go. Yeah. Just all that's right. A, that's a tease for later on. But let's hear what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll listen to your answer and hang up. Right. <laughs> I'll take your call offline. I'll, I'll take the, this. I'll take, I'll take the answer offline. <laughs> this was a. I was just before Josh starts. I thought this was a very good week. There was a lot of. Really it was good a very very good week. week. Yeah, agreed. So. And I thought this was one of those very good books. Yeah, but it's not yeah, the pick. Uh, it should have been the pick, but whatever. I'm going to talk because <laughs> um, we do this. Uh, basically, we don't have to come to an agreement. Each t- each week, one of us gets a turn. That's a But it's – I, I, will, I will be honest. I, I will be honest. It's been, a long, it's been a long time since I <laughs> have been like, ah, oh, I wish he had picked something different. Like I, I see that as a good thing. Like I'm, I'm passionate about what should have been the pick, but go on. I just want everyone to know. That somebody who seems a little cranky might have some baseball playoffs issues going on in the background that are affecting the things that he says. I'm just which, saying, frankly, can they not, ever drive in a runner in scoring position? Can they? It's not, it's not professional. <laughs> you do your job. This is a very important time of the year, Josh. You have to have in the background. <laughs> Air quotes important. <laughs> Power Man and Iron Fist number eight. Uh, you know what? I think I, I get what you're saying. I don't know that it was especially... Um, don't don't equivocate. Don't let him sway you from This is your... part of what I was going to say anyway. I don't know that it was especially like a groundbreaking issue, um, but I know that when I got the end of it, there were I I thought of lo- a lot of things while I was reading this issue. Um, that it was a little bit of a departure from some of the other issues in the series. That it genuinely tackled issues of race mm-hmm. in such a way that I think was actually useful and helpful as opposed to, I think, the way that a lot of it is handled. And I will get into that in a little bit. And then finally, um, 
I, I was thinking that this version of Luke Cage is so different than the version of Luke Cage that we have been reading, like, say, the Bendis version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was a completely, um, like, a, a, sort of a rock solid, uh, you know, confident, dependable uh, figure, and, and he just took care of things. And this is like, it's a pretty big departure, but he's I, kind of fraying I, at the edges. This one, yeah, and I really liked that, and and I don't yeah. mind it. I, I want it to be like I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the more that you can show characters can be malleable, and as you move on, and you do th- different things to him. And also, you know, he's a dad here. He's getting older. The, there's a lot of things going on. He feels like he's got no control on it, but everybody is relying on him. And I was like, okay, I'm relating to this character a lot right now. <sighs> Wait, do you have kids? Um, yeah, but it wasn't even just that. It's just it's just a a lot of responsibility going on at once, and just thinking I'm supposed to have this by now. I should know what I'm doing. I am capable. I've been through I sh- it. I should. I should. I should. I got this. <laughs> I, should, I should have. This. I should have this. Um, and then at the same time, uh, there was there was like a really ridiculous thing that went on, sort of in the background. Where I'm going to say it out loud because it makes me happy. Senior Magico, and I'm not sure that's not racist. To be honest with you, <laughs> isn't that the correct Spanish? <laughs> My apologies. Sometimes the blood of Senior Magico burns hot. I, 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 I did. This book that. is laugh out loud funny, and yes. I want I want a Senior Magico and Dontrell Cockroach Hamilton team up book. Yeah. As I was reading this, and and because I read it after you had mentioned that it might be pick of the week, and I got the Senior Magico, I'm like, oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; it's a low rent joke, but I laughed because you know, and he's been in it before. But I don't think I ever actually read his name, like, and said it out loud to myself. Senior Magico. Like, so it lame. Really, for some I'm reason, laughing. this might this might have been Senior Magico's moment. This issue, because yeah, he's been in previous <laughs> issues, but it didn't work until this issue for some reason. Yep. Until well, he, he also uses he also uses his magic. He gets yeah. to make fun of the guy who who's in, who thinks magic is dumb. He was challenged. Turns him into a frog. I, I liked about that. Yeah, we had uh, we had we had Songbird show up with a, a nice sort of nod to when Luke Cage was dealing with the uh, the Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds, Thunderbolt. 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 Um, the Thunderbirds. We had. I think a, there was there was a little bit at the beginning where they actually did like the first two pages were almost little origin stories, you know, mm-hmm. of of Iron yes. of uh, Iron Fist and Power Man, which I thought was really good and well done and like in a good place. It didn't feel repetitive. It it sort of showed you who they were. And instead of Danny being a joke in this whole thing, you know, I really really liked the conversation that they had at the beginning, where Danny's like, "I'm I'm taking a moral stand," and he's like, "You're rich," and then. You know, Luke Cage, you're rich and white, you can afford it. No one cares about what you're doing other than liberal white white people. I just thought it was a really interesting conversation. Um, well, there's an interesting thing in the back in the letters column that I, I don't normally read, but I was scanning it while we were getting ready for the show. And uh, he said that one, you know, we talked about this before, that Danny was sort of the over-the-top comedic element in the book. And he said that was intentional because he's going to start taking him into a darker place mm-hmm. so he wanted to cut the contrast to be there or his arc of the sto- in the story but i think what he's doing with these two guys you know we, they have a very complicated relationship some might say sure. like our relationship it's gone on a long time there's been some friction sometimes the other one annoys you but you're always there to back them up when they need to and i think Absolutely. they've got one of the best friendships in comics that i'm reading right now one of the most yeah. authentic friendships yeah yeah an ennesian friendship yeah. <laughs> um, yes. That that's a that's a reference to those of you who haven't been listening for a billion years. 
to Garth Ennis' ability to write uh, men in relationship as friends. He's the best guy at. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when I finished it, I just thought there was a lot of things in this comic that I liked. And it was also like, it's eight issues in. You know, you're at the point where if you're going to keep liking it, you know, this is this is when they've got to, you know, hold on to you. Uh, and I wasn't getting sick of it. I was getting but more drawn in. So, so, to, so not to not to be contrarian or anything, because I do agree. I think I think this is this issue, this series is great. This is one of the yeah. I think the shining stars of the current status quo of oh, Marvel. Oh yeah, totally. um, I think the Sanford Green art is it gets better and better every Haven't time. Haven't gotten to that yet? Yeah, doesn't it do? But I could have done without the Civil War two tie-in. Well, I was going to say that was a great. I mean, it, it ties into what Josh was talking about earlier with the discussion on race, and then yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you know the the predictive crime fighting, and I thought, boy, Josh is gonna. Actually, I thought about you were reading this, Josh, because you know your ongoing struggle with the character assassination of Carol Danvers, and yeah. this he really takes her down here. Yeah, he does, and I think like if there's anywhere that that conversation makes the least amount of sense um, from like from Luke Cage's point of view, it was in this. He's like, you know me. You know, mm-hmm. what is this going to have to take? I haven't done it. You're profiling me. And it makes her horrible. Yes. And, and also, like, all the people flying around in the air. But look how happy Puck is, by the way, to have jet wings. <laughs> well, he's just he's happy, to be back, he's happy to be back on Earth. He's like, God, I've been up yeah. in that satellite for so long. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it really, like, the, the thing is, I know that all showed up here. And part of my original review was actually going to be like, except for that Civil War crap at the end. But. There's a couple of reasons why it works. One is like he's just like this is stupid, and it is a, like to me. I read that a little bit as, you know, it's stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is kind of stupid. Why are we doing this? And and then the the other half of it is, you know, he's got a really good point. You know, he just he just nails it. And and, and I hate I still hate that it's Captain Marvel doing it. But then and then finally, like his whole thing was he was overwhelmed, and then this has to happen. Right. He even so- said earlier, at least we're not involved with that. And then it still comes down on him. And and in terms of this whole time he's talking about how he doesn't know what to do. Uh, I, I, Iron Fist is in prison. A bunch of people who he knows to be innocent are also in prison. What's he going to do? What's the plan going to be? We don't know. We're watching him do it. And then, of course, at the last minute they show up and it's like, you're going to break him out of jail, aren't you? And it's like, oh, of course right. they're going to. you know. So it all works. It all makes sense. If you have to tie into it, I thought it was tied in really well. And, and, and further... I really, really dug what was happening with the art uh, by the yeah. end. Uh, color and and layout and character design, like all of that stuff together. It, the comic just had a lot of things. It felt to me like simultaneously a, a modern comic book and then a lot of sort of semi-goofy elements that remind me of, of older books and melded really well. Um, it was just like I, I just I – just, at the end of it, I was like, I really just enjoyed that one more than any of the other ones for, for perhaps more subtle reasons. Than, than we usually maybe give a take that, but, Ron. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's fair. I mean, we're all entitled to our own opinion, and and that Sanford Green art is is and Flaviano is lovely. Um, yeah, it, great. But yeah, I don't know. But it's a it's a rare day that I I read I I read not one but two DC books and couldn't decide which one was the pick of the week for me. Um, so that's you know, which I think is the story of the century. Why aren't we talking about this? Right. Right. I mean, your email to us sort of hinted at it earlier, but I was like, nah. He, you know yeah. what, what's funny is that I went back and I had thought that Connor wrote that. <laughs> then, yeah, well, so after just... after I finished reading all my books, I, I I I wrote to Josh and I said, before you decide, make sure you read Superman number seven and Trinity number one. 
Um, you can see why I would have thought Connor said that. Right, I can totally <laughs> understand. But uh, uh, are, are we moving on? Are we good with the Power Man? Or is that? I mean, that... I, I am, and it doesn't really yeah. matter what if you are, <laughs> because it is the pick of the week. It is the, the pick of the week. But the 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 reason why I was so because like holy cow, Superman number seven and Trinity number one were like st- like <laughs> like traffic stoppingly good. Were you looking at the variant cover with has a giant cow on it of Superman number seven? No, I, was, I, I did notice that, but that was not my main thing. So Superman number seven, written by Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, um, with art by uh, outstanding Jorge Jimenez. Outstanding art. Outstanding, outstanding. art. Outstanding that was, art. That, that was one of the big stories of the week for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. First shot of him in space, I was like, you know what? I can live with this costume. For some reason, the way he, he drew it, it just really worked for me. Yeah. Um, um, this gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, and this was like, this felt like a Superman story from 10 years ago. More. Yeah, yeah it, it, it felt almost like the Superman animated series. It, it, this yeah. was a one-shot, uh, you know, the ones they, they rarely do anymore because oh, um, everything's written for the trade. A one-shot story of, you know, the Kent family, although, I'm sorry, the Smith family's day at the fair. Yep. Um, but, uh, and Superman, and Clark promising Lois he would not be Superman. He would... He would be the dad at the fair, and not let it get in the way. Of course, and even offered some, offered to here take my cape. You know, some dudes decide they're going to rob the fair, so that complicates things. But this was a fantastic. It, it was just it, it it was it was American Pie and the the state fair and family and smiling and carnies and rides and it was everything about summer in America. In the in the in the in the in the focus of Superman that you would want, and like, and the thing is, is that like, I'm not quite sold on this. I don't know who the Superman is, and then he's married to Lois, and who's not dead, and they have a kid, and you know, they're, like, they're it, all from an alternate Earth. It's all this right. Is pre, this is the pre fifty two Superman. This is the pre fifty. So maybe that's why I like it so much. But like, great. Like, but after this issue, like, they're a family, and that's what I expected. Like, and what's funny is that I read it in order. I read Superman seven, then I read Trinity, and we'll get to Trinity yep. after this. But like, mm-hmm. I believe this is a unit now that Clark and Lois are married. They have a kid. This the the, the kid is Jonathan, but, and it's lovely. And this was like so classic. I don't know if it's Silver Age or Early Bronze Age, but like Superman, like, no, 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 we're going to the fair. I'm not going to do it. But then like seeing stuff going on on the edges and trying to figure out how he can step away and coming up with the excuse. And like, it was just, it, it, it just hit on every note and the art was just gorgeous. The, look at the page uh, where they're on the Ferris wheel, like they're sort of se- second to last page, the reveal at the end. Yep. And watch the light yep. on their faces as they go up and around. And then just look at like John, look at all their faces. They're all oh, telling stories. That's a wonderful page. That's yeah. a really, really great page. Who I, do we this? know who this guy is? Alejandro Sanchez colored it. Yeah. Good coloring. Uh, I don't know who Jorge Jimenez is. Jorge Jimenez pops up now and then. He's great. Or, yeah. or at least this was just the right thing for him. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the script was fully the strongest, but I remember getting to the end and thinking, well, if Connor had the pick, it would definitely be the pick. <laughs> well, because I don't, this is yeah, your probably, yeah. No, I mean, you know, we're all we're all expanding our horizon. You know, I think the the thing that I, I came away from this is that, for all intents and purposes, giving a character a child and marrying him off as a family does not work. Goes poorly, almost always, or it gets changed later. And I was thinking they're going to have to change this at some point. Well, I don't, I don't yeah, I don't know but, if they can keep I, this I, up, but this yeah, moment I, in time. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about it in this particular instance in this 
20-page story here today, it, it worked really well. Yeah. Now, to ask me again in a year, I yeah. don't know that it's going to work. I don't know. And we'll talk about it also more, a little bit more with Trinity. But for this little story, this was wonderful, including the final sort of button joke where you know, Lois is suspecting that Clark's been running off stopping crime. And she figures out at the end and she yells, I knew it at him in the last panel, which I think was very funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, and he's so he's got so much glee from being on the roller coaster while he's, he doesn't realize he's going to be sleeping on the couch. But uh, I just I want to say it again. Like I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that now, like I was like, wow, that was really good. But then I immediately go and read Trinity number one, which which I had no. I, and like the funny thing was is that as I'm going through the books, as I see what came out this week, I'm like, oh, Trinity, I roll. But I was like, ah, eh, it's a number one. I, at first, I thought it was a rebirth book. I thought it was Rebirth, too. Yeah, so I was like, well, I guess I got to read it or Connor's going to get mad at me. So I go and I read it, and I didn't realize it was written and drawn by Francis Manipole upon opening it. And yeah. and then, furthermore, I didn't realize that, oh, it's it, the first issue is Batman and Wonder Woman coming to have dinner with Lois and Clark, and this was just delightful. Yes. This felt like I this. 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 This felt I like, I, I mean, honestly, I think I think Superman number seven was 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 great. Trinity number one was my pick of the week because this ha- I was like this is DC Comics. It's it, it is this is this captured that feeling. I also really loved that um, Cl- Bruce because they show up in their civilian identities. Bruce gets his shirt ruined, so he's got to wear one of Clark's plaid shirts, which yes. made me laugh for some reason. <laughs> That's very good. Um, and then there's a flashback to the old universe, which I for a minute freaked out about. Then I realized that you know Superman is from the old universe, so of course they would be in the old costumes. And because yeah. I, I, I saw the Robin outfit, and I was so excited. Um, yeah. This was good. This was very. I mean, you're this right. Was, they're, they're occasionally tapping into a vein. It really works. Although, um, there was a great re- reversal here where I was annoyed at something, and then it turned out I, I shouldn't have been. Where uh, little Jonathan's trying to talk to Bruce, and Bruce is kind of cold to him. And I was like, well, he's 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 like had three kids of his own, really. Yeah. He mm-hmm. should you know he should be a little more accommodating to the, to the young boy. And then uh, that's just an act he's putting on. Because later on when he's asleep, he gives Clark the old. Two dads talking about their little kids' routine, so that worked for me. And I really love, I really love the Wonder Woman Lois Lane relationship in this issue. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I did think I thought there was a part where I was like, they're 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 doing Bruce slightly too grim, but yeah. then again, he's suspicious. He doesn't know what any of this is. He doesn't know this Superman. So right. fair enough. But this was this is also a story they probably should have done first out of the right gate, away. out of the gate. Yep, agreed. This this was just well, this, this was just delightful. This was like this this got me like oh well this is this is a DC universe I want to read you know like this is like this bridge the gap between the awfulness of the last five years and 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 pre fifty two makes sense. It gives me more context to Superman and Lois and their life and how the the, the now I don't know where you take this is was it, I don't know if this is a one shot or an ongoing but I don't know where you go from here. It's, a but, one, it's an ongoing. It's part one. Yeah, they, yeah. They, there's a mystery in the barn they're gonna have to True, solve. Yeah, but. Yeah, so. uh, I feel like more people should bring wild boar to dinner parties. Sure. Well, you know, like I've got delicious. a bottle of wine. Bring me a fresh wild boar. And, you know, that's only polite. <laughs> the covers do the covers do nothing for what is inside. You know what I well, mean? Um yeah. It shows you the three characters that are in the book. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, guess. it wasn't that. I mean, yeah, under, yeah. I agree there. It definitely had like a you know Tim Sale, yes, yep, uh, kind of feel to it, which are all that pastoral 
Smallville. Well, it just remind it just reminded yeah. me of how much I love Francis Manipal, and like remember when Francis Manipal burst on the scene when he was doing that uh, adventure comics, uh, the the Superboy mm-hmm. stuff or whatever. Um, like the, like I just love his whole look and everything, and and you know I know he was working on the Flash and the New Fifty Two, and then kind of went away, and I've lost track. But it was just kind of like oh yeah. It was like oh yeah, detective for a while. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't read that, but like this was a reminder for me of how much a how talented he is and how much I like it when he's hitting on all the right notes. And I just felt like this is just like as a casual DC fan, not, like as a casual DC reader, I won't go as far to say fan, um, but uh, <laughs> you know, like this, this is like yeah, this is I would read like I'm I'll, if he's doing the next issue just like this, I'm on board. Like this is this this is great. So. I think I, one of the other things that we're seeing about Rebirth now in general is that DC, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying they listen to us, but somebody was like, "Hey, our art sucks." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and that's I would so say many more books that more interesting. It's not across the board, but here and there, yes. There are more opportunities. There was a there was a time in the middle of the New Fifty Two where art was a big problem. Like it was it was utilitarian, but it was not interesting. It was not yeah. compelling. And now there yeah. are enough. Artists scattered throughout these books who who will be drawing it every other week, every other issue, I guess, which is fine. Not even, not even. Yeah, but but they're there. You know, there's there's more chances being taken on art, and and I, you know, that makes me happier as a reader. Absolutely. Yes. They don't have that house style anymore. But then you've got like right. four guys drawing Green Arrow, so that's the, the well, yeah, other side or, of the or or just like you get excited about somebody drawing uh, drawing a book, and then they go away, like on Green Arrow. Yeah. So it's weird that. They, they. I mean, like, it'd be cool if they got themselves a little runway and just made sure at least that they were consistent on an arc. Yeah. As opposed to every other, because it feels like you could do that with, right. you know, a, a little or bit. Or even, of even with the release schedule, before we move on to the next book, this Green Lanterns came out this week and it was also out last week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, we're. I know we're gonna talk about it later on, but like, I feel like I feel like Nightwing is a weekly at this point. It does. Yeah. I feel like. It's only issue five, though, and I feel like we're on 12. Right, yeah, yeah. It's very bizarre. The, the, the perception of time is changing. The Vision number 11, which is the penultimate issue of this oh. magnificent series, in which a delightful dog... Does not make it to the end. I mean, Although I loved him when he was floating. Listen, I'm not, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big animal person, but even this got me. How could it not? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I said it got me. He just floated there innocuously. He just wanted mm. to be loved. I mean, I think what was really fun about this issue is that, like, we're seeing this shit hit the fan, and every, like, it's all been sort of quietly disturbing, and now it's just outright disturbing, and also you realize, like, the Vision is is a complete full-on badass, too. Yes. Takes down all of the Avengers, and and it's sad, because I like the Vision, and and it, like, it's weird that this is in contrast to, basically, in the movies, we just got this new character, the Vision, isn't he amazing? He's delightful. He wears sweaters. Not yep. this one. Oh, he does. He still wears sweaters. He does. He's going to be in a holding cell at some point wearing slacks. And I've got at least got that to look for. Well, it's, it's odd to read this and then see him show up in other stories. Yes. We're so different. And I mean, I get, you know, everything's sort of in its own continuity bubble anyway. But it's just kind of it's just such a unique take of the character. Then you just see him flying around the Avengers. And you're like, well, how how's that working? <laughs> yep. Yeah, but totally. uh, his wife is, is. I mean, she's she's got a problem with her inner programming. She's just killing everybody now. I and, uh, I, I did think <laughs> the I did think the layering of the narration in this issue was extremely powerful. 
and well, and yes. really well done. I mean, and hearkening back to the moment that he came online and, and all that sort of stuff was really, really strong, I thought. Well, what Tom King does here that's great is he uses the actual dialogue from the Roy Thomas yeah. you know, written. Uh, and it is, it is, yeah. it is very effective. And it's weird that, like, I feel like that would be really hard to do without making it confusing, but he's doing it. I'm never confused. Yeah. Like, it's great. Although we didn't know for a long time that. I think there was like one issue where like who is narrating this, but it was that. And right. and that, that said, I, I know that it's um, you know deep Marvel you know nerd or whatever, and I don't know if it's going to play into the last issue, but the the billboard for Simon Williams playing Omega the Unknown movie. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, oh, that was neat. <laughs> well, you know, that's it's important because when he busts through the wall, he yeah. gets he stops when he sees Simon on the screen. So I yeah. mean, it does come back around again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is a deep Marvel nerd book. Yep. It is sort and of I, hidden, I, I, hidden under a very avant-garde Marvel book. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if like is this just for 40-ish nerds? Well, like, I mean, isn't that all other comics? People like this? <laughs> yeah, I guess, but yeah. you know, I know there are some younger people, the 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 uh, the animated X-Men kids. Yeah. Those are the class under us. Yeah. Um I guess they read everything though. Oh, he even takes down Scar- Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that was a sad, that was a good scene, really good scene. One more yeah, issue. This, this is like on on any any given week, this could have been a pick of the week, no problem. This is, I mean, we talked about now four books in a row yeah. that I thought were all fantastic. Yeah, yeah, solid. Con- continuing solid, a solid, solid week. Yeah, so Civil, Civil War Two, Civil War Two, number five. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Dave Marquez, again. You know, overarching caveat that Dave Marquez is killing it on this. Um, it's fantastic, but career work. I, I think this is, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to be jaded, old, you know, kind of guy screaming at the sky or whatever, but um, I really feel like Bendis is making this about him. <laughs> well, you know, we yeah. have been enjoying this story up until this point, sort of. Like, we've been well, enjoying the main book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't necessarily go away here, although it, now we get the sort of pointless confrontation. Right. Between, I mean, this is the what they sides. say to people. This is what they say that people show up for. This is what the people want, everyone to fight. And I was like, all right, just get this part over with. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, furthermore, furthermore, it was like, all right, get this part over with because, like, this is, uh, like, I'm just, you know, done with this. First off, the the ultimate warrior face paint on Ulysses all of a sudden uh, is a little weird. That I mean, I understand they're making him an in- nowhere, right? Yeah, making him an inhuman, but, like, and maybe it happened in a book I didn't read or whatever. But I'm like, oh, okay, so now he's a wrestler. But, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the fight itself is like, I know it's going to come, and I know that, like, it's real convenient to have the Guardians of the Galaxy ship blow up, and now they're stuck on Earth, and, like, it just seems all very self-serving. And then to make the pivotal moment of this a Ulysses flash-forward where Miles Morales kills Steve Rogers, and it's just like, I was like, like... Steve Rogers is a Nazi. What's the problem? Right, yeah, I know. But it's... I I will say this, that that shot is quite spectacular, and... From an art standpoint, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way he draws... Steve's limp body and all the limbs are sort of in the wrong direction was pretty yeah disturbing. Is that that's I mean it's, Dave Marquez is is amazing. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Well, maybe let's let's give give Miles the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps he was just trying to start destroy that stupid fucking uniform. <laughs> and and Steve Rogers being in it was collateral damage. Yeah, maybe. Could I, you blame him? The shield is broken, so yeah, the pointy shield. So there was at one point where somebody asked Peter Quill, "What are you guys doing here?" And I was like, "Yeah, what are you guys doing here?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Um, so go to page. Uh, 
in your in your scorecards, go to page twelve. Okay. In which we see a bunch of people listening or seeing the news. Yes. And so the first panel, that's Matt Murdock. Correct. Third panel, that's Mary Jane Watson. Yep. Fourth panel, that's Clint Barton doing a doing a uh, David Banner walk away, yeah. Hulk walk away. Yep. Who is that in the second panel coming out of the shower? Rick Jones. Rick Jones. Rick Jones. Rick I don't Jones? know. That's my first instinct. I mean, uh, uh, wow! It's it's a guy in a hotel room in a towel with with, with abs and and. There's not v. even like an indication of who that might be. There's none. Yeah. There's not. There's not even a nod in the te- in the in the dialogue in the narration or anything. It's just right. some dude in a hotel watching TV coming out of the shower. Well, Hulk. Hulk is the first thing I see. Yeah. And that looks that like was Iron Rick. Man. It's Tony Stark. And isn't Rick Jones like famous or like a rock star now? No. No. Didn't I read that somewhere? That was years ago. Okay, well, yeah. I don't know. Rick Jones? Peter I'm going to guess Rick Jones. I'm going to guess. Because isn't Peter Parker here during this? He's in the fight. He's in the, He's fight, in the yeah. fight. I yeah. was looking for his stupid. Or is he in the fight? I remember thinking of the Vision fight where he kicked Vision into the movie theater. Boy, they moved Blue Marvel up in the ranks. They sure did. Well, He's in the Ultimates. Yeah. He's in the Ultimates. I know, but yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm reading about Blue Marvel now because they, they got to have him fight Luke Cage. Ah, I like Blue yeah. Marvel as a character. I think he's he's a really he's an interesting character. I, um, I like him. Um, that could be Peter Parker. Sp- I don't think Spider Man is in this fight. So, as much as I've been enjoying this particular miniseries, I don't know how you can argue that Civil War Two hasn't been kind of a disaster for Marvel. I think it's a total disaster. You no, know what I think is weird. Are they selling books? Yeah, not really. That's the point. Okay. Like, it's uh, not even like. No, not only is no one talking about it, but no one's even. I mean, the sales aren't even moving that much. Yeah, and it's good. They added on an extra issue because Bendis figured out a better way to do the ending. Um, you know, it's it's. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I just want it to be over. To be honest with you, it just feels like it's 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 already got that feeling of a slog and a dragging, and it wasn't that long ago that Secret War was a slog and was dragging. You know, but I think it's yep. probably because each one of these events is. Ultimately, the same. They all—it's the heroes yeah. fighting the other heroes. Yeah, I mean, there's not even like variation in the events. It's and the that, same and that, events. And, that, and that's why I don't want to sound jaded and old and stuff like that. But like, I just feel like I've been here, done this. Like, just you know, like and it and like all this feels like is just like Ben is doing his version of it, playing up his characters, and like and it's just it, it's it, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem in as Civil a, War. They fight each other in Avengers vs. X when they fight each other. Yep. Here they're fighting each other. There was even the kind of secret invasion thing where they were fighting Kree version. I mean, every every miniseries seems to involve, at least in Marvel, seems to involve them fighting each other. Yeah, where, well, where, where is the Atlantis attacks? Where is, you know, right. like, give me, yeah. The Kree Skull War. Like, yeah. where's. Yeah, but there was a time else. when you would have been like, that's what keeps happening. Like, that's what happened in the 80s. Well, yeah. no, but you know what's funny? Like, people, I mean, everything's going to involve a fight. They're superhero comics. But, I don't know if the. if if. It feels like there has actually been a lot of emphasis on Marvel villains, right? Because uh, like, I know, but like it all, like if you had to think, like who's the big bad villain? I know that we just did whatever the last one was was Doom, and that worked really well from a conceptual standpoint. Yes, um, the Battle World thing. Um, but who else? Like, like I don't know the Red Skull. We've seen like the Red Skull's been in everything. Galactus is good. So it's not special. Doom. Yeah. Or just come up yeah. with a new threat. I mean, it's a. You know, we've, tough. we've got this in, we've got this impending doom of Thanos, you know, being as a threat, but like enough, enough. We just ha- like, it's like, come up with some new threat, come up, you know, be, you know, be a creator. Like that's what they're, you're paid for, you know, like, I don't some know. Some kind of new villain you never heard of. Some kind of new but villain. Yeah. 
but if it's not familiar, people won't buy it. Like it's hard to like you have to yeah. come up with something and then establish it a yeah. lot. For I mean, the hood was the closest they came for that. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm just saying that I, I, I'm. I'm just a little. I'm a little tired of all this. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you've been to the. This is the thing. We've all been through the cycle enough times now yep. that it's yeah. clearly the cycle, and and that's just the game. Yeah. Gotta change the game, guys. Ruminate on that for a while. I'll tell you how you can help iFanboy.com out. iFanboy.com slash support is where you can go. First, you can shop on Amazon. There's a giant Amazon link or banner there. You can click through that to go to Amazon, make your all your purchases, and we get a little piece of that action. Nothing comes out of your pocket, comes out of Amazon's pocket. And we keep the lights on. What did I buy this week? This I bought, week I bought, I, a, pair, I bought a pair of pearl earrings. Really? For my mother. It's her birthday. Okay. Yeah. I bought spinning underwear. Oh, I haven't bought it. I didn't bought anything from Amazon. You need you need you need pads, Ron. For for the spinning, right? Yeah, otherwise. I feel like I haven't bought anything from Amazon in like 3 or 4 weeks. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. So go to have go to have come slash support, help us out through that while Josh figures out what he bought last from Amazon. Also on that page, you can find you can find a link patreon.com slash ifan. That's how you can help uh, become an ifanboy patron. We have so many patrons. We just passed three hundred this week, and we're really it's amazing. really great. Uh, we've hit three of our goals. We're inching closer to the fourth, and we'll have more on that at the end of the show. But everyone who is a patron, we we love you guys and uh, look forward to um, more, and as including more talk about the patron book, which will come later on, too. And we're so going to gonna, gonna specifically thank some patrons later on, too. Yes, we're thanking patrons later. We've got another thing going on. It's all, there's a lot of patron action happening. <laughs> and we thank each and every one of you. You're very important people. So, ifanboy.com slash support. That's how you can help, and we thank you very much. So, Batman 7 and Nightwing 5 are the first two issues of a all bat book crossover night of the monster men and i don't know why this is happening it's silly but i'm enjoying it it, it, it did it did it did give me a moment's pause because first it was okay nightwing again and then um also batman 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 again i feel like batman's been on a crazy schedule but then also i was like why is steve orlando on these books right uh, yeah and well, I, that was the weird thing about it was that steve orlando who is not i don't think he's writing any batman related he's writing supergirl and I think something else, but yeah. I don't think anything Batman related. He's writing all. He seems to be writing all these Monster Man books, which it's is quote totally unquote co- co-writing. It's just plot by the regular one in scripting. And yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't think what, it didn't. What did you think of the Riley Rossmo right? art? I thought the Riley Rossmo art was excellent, and it's a very good example of what we were just talking about with DC art. That yep, this yep. guy is is on a Batman book, and he's shown up a couple of times. Like, yep. this is the first one he's done. So that's fantastic. Batman looks so different in this. Yeah. Yes. And, and not in a bad way. It's just like, well, this, is, this guy's interpretation. You know what Riley Roscoe said? Batman doesn't need those dumbass knee pads. So he yeah, doesn't get him in my costume. Well, that, that's, a th- that's the thing. So one thing to understand about Riley Rossmo, and we, we've enjoyed his work for years, going back to, you know, proof and all that sort of proof stuff, is that he, he is as he, he is as dynamic as his art is. And he's, he's, a, he's an artist, true and true, and he's a little crazy and... and I, I really like his style. When I heard he was on Batman, I was like, "Oh, what's that going to look like?" And it was really interesting to see him kind of rein it in a little, um, mm-hmm. and and but not rein it in in a bad but, way. Just be a little still, more focused. Still all him. Yeah, still all him. Still, still totally. It doesn't look like anything else. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great art wise. Batman has a giant syringe gun. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yep. This is like a thirty foot cape on that first splash page. I but, love it, and like the ears are tiny. Yeah, like, yeah. He's just he's doing it's his great. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. 
Um, I, I like it's silly, and I kind of like that. Um, yeah, it was I mean, silly. Just... These giant, these giant sort of mutated monsters roaming, like three, you know, three story tall monsters, and that's not the story you normally get in deadly serious Batman world, in which we've been living for the last six years. So, for that change of pace, um, I like it. But uh, you're right; it didn't, it didn't exactly sound right. Yeah. No, it definitely didn't. But yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, it well, you could like take when, a brief reprieve from your Batman reading for a month. I could, but I won't. Although I wasn't actually going to read Nightwing, but then I saw that it, I saw you put it on the list, and it was like the second part well, two. Yes. Well, what's, yeah, fun, what's, part, so. what's funny is that yeah, I read Nightwing before I read Batman, so I was very confused. I also mostly like the art in Nightwing. Interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't love all of it, but there were parts of it where I was like, oh, that's really nice. And others that, that could have used a little work. But um, basically, I was reading it right up until the moment that I called you two tonight. Okay. I was like, all right, there we go. Okay, all right, Monster Man. Cool. There was actually some nice, uh, not, I don't even know nice. There's some interesting things that happened between Nightwing and, and Batman in that issue. Where basically he was like, I know what you're saying, but this isn't what you need. And he's going to go do his own thing. Yes, was, that's true. very that much the 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 independence of, of Nightwing. Batman ordering him, and he's like, I'm not going to go do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Raj Antonio is the artist on Nightwing. I like it as well. It took me that whole time to load up Nightwing. That's how old my iPad is getting. <laughs> I, uh, it's not the sound that way. I, um, it's, it, how did you get it to stop backfiring? <laughs> well, I, I plugged, I've plugged the, I've plugged the, uh, the gas pipe, or the tailpipe, but uh, that's going to come back to haunt me later. Um, I actually did like this issue. I mean, the, the art in this a lot. It doesn't. You're, I mean, if you look at the art, the DC art now, and look at the art two years ago, so it's, it's night and day. Yeah, yeah. Really That's exciting. basically yeah. So yeah. even if it's not a win on everything, it's just nice to see him trying some progress and yeah. a chance. So I thought Hellboy was done and dead, and we're over. No more Hellboy. Yeah, it turns out yeah. that that is not the case because there are a lot of Hellboy books that come out on a regular basis. Wow. It's just that Mike Mignola doesn't draw them and he doesn't really write them. He gets co-writing on everything. Yeah. So I don't know how extensive that is. Um, this one, it's funny because this is uh, BB, Night, Hellboy and BBRD 1954, number one. And I feel like the first one was 1948. And I know that I haven't read all of them, but I don't know if they've done every year. And if they have, that's impressive. I don't, I don't have information. I don't think they've done every year. I think they've stumped I don't around. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even a Hellboy fan or keeping track. But I don't think that they've done every year. So, so this is I my, could be. This, I could be wrong though. So, yeah. this is going to be one of my slightly biased reportings. But uh, Stephen Green is artist, and this is his debut on on Hellboy. He's a friend of mine. I've done work with him. Uh, we've done pitches together. I've known him for a while, and he's a fantastic artist. And I have been waiting for him to break through, because I was like, oh this guy has it and this is his first issue and he got drawn by uh dave stewart and it looks fantastic and there's actually a, a page in here where um they're in the arctic or the snow somewhere and there's there's strange doings where like the the animals are turning into huge beasts and there's monsters to fight big deal they come around the corner they find a, a big uh a flying saucer uh buried in the snow and then the, that so that's like two-thirds of the page and then the, the last panel is just like Hellboy looking shocked, but in his Hellboy way, and his cigar sort of pops out of his mouth, and I laughed out loud, and I was like, "There you go, that is that is great Hellboy storytelling." It just felt like uh, sort of classic Hellboy art, and now it doesn't all have to look like Mike Mignola anymore, but it needs a tone, 
and there's a there's a way to do it and this is sort of right in that pocket um and always as always you know dave stewart doesn't hurt but uh, it was really just cool to see somebody i've known since they were getting started just come in and absolutely nail it uh, out of the park and also these these stories of hellboy in the past they should never stop them they're always fun they, that's they, a better era of hellboy it is it's funny, at one point in the issue, he said something along the lines of like, um, well, when you've been doing this as long as I have, and I was like, you've only been doing it for about seven or eight years. <laughs> According to this timeline, if you'd said this in the 80s, sure, but let, you know, back up. That's Chris Roberson on the script there, so uh, I don't know how, that, how well that works. So they didn't find him until he was Kid Hellboy in World War II. Yes. Yeah, so That's ten only years. 10 years prior to this. That's a long time. He's like You're 13 in this book. So you're 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 a thirteen ten year veteran or something. That's a lot. I guess no, but he didn't start until after the war. He didn't start until nineteen forty eight. Six year veteran. He's middle management at best. <laughs> well, All right. Yeah. So great, uh, great issue. I, we haven't talked about Hellboy in a while, but uh, you know it was really good. Uh, I hate Fairyland number nine. Uh, Scotty Young just continuing to have a ton of fun, as evidenced as in this issue. Uh, Gert goes into the hat of holding her little sidekick's magic top hat, where she stores everything, and she gets into a big war with lint monsters. And at one point, all of a sudden, she's in a the yellow cargo loader exoskeleton from Aliens, and she goes, "I don't know when we got a box loader and a plasma cannon, but okay." Like it's just clear, you know. Like, it's a, like that moment got me. So hats off to you, Scotty. That's all I have to say. So there you go. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's no Senior Magico, but it was good. It still, was good. It was it was it was an unexpected reference that made me laugh out loud. So that that's always a positive thing. So you gotta like a book where a guys like I'd really think I'd like to draw Ripley's loader right here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that, and it's gonna be just fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I wanted to really quickly mention Chew number fifty eight. We haven't mentioned Chew in forever. I know, but it, it, the reason that this is important is that uh, two left. Yeah, and I'm 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 sad about it. I and I I don't want people to think the fact that we haven't been talking about Chew just means that I, that I don't care about it anymore. Because I'm going to be really bummed out when there's no Chew anymore. I'm I'm glad they're getting to end it on their terms, do their thing. I don't want it to go on too long or whatever. But it's a it's a constant in my life of a thing that I know exactly. What I you know I don't know what it's gonna be, but I know it's gonna be good, and and I like the characters, and I I like the world, um, and, and it's it's good. Like there's some really like Tony Chu is completely put upon at this point. He is you know basically I don't know if you've been are you guys not reading currently or in trades I'm or something? To trades, yeah, yeah, I yeah. figured you did. Uh, basically. T- Tony is sort of been given the the world's about to end and he and he's supposed to eat his wife. Ugh. And he does he doesn't want to. She's not dead either. That's yeah. that's key. So uh it's just like it's it's this mix of it's that mix of absurd and really heavy at the same time. Um and uh yeah, I mean it's 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 gonna be it's a legendary run and, and there's only two left. About five years, and it's it's yeah. great. Like the ending has really the last few issues have been great, ramping up to, to a thing, and I don't know what it's going to be. Cool. All right, um, so that brings us to the patrons pick. Uh, every week, uh, the iFan based members who have signed up to become patrons on Patreon get to vote and pick their uh, book that they want us to discuss. And before we talk about the specific book, I think we need to talk about the whole voting in general. Because <laughs> listen, you guys. 
I understand that you, a lot of you want to see a book get talked about, but you really got to put some thought into what, what are they probably going to talk about? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, are you I, saying yeah. that, that a guy who we've interviewed more than anyone else in the history of this show, putting out a new creator own book, a guy along with the guy who is his best collaborator, no offense intended anybody else, and one of the most exciting artistic talents in the, in the industry today, who we haven't seen in over a year. Yep. You think that we're not already going to talk about book. it? Yeah. <laughs> you think we might talk about that? Maybe. We started off strong the first week when they voted for Rom, and I was like, yes. I was like, I like the, the direction thing. this is taking. Yeah, exactly. And now it's been every week, it's been a book we were definitely already going to talk about. So yeah. No, not every week. Fair. Not every week. We had a couple almost, of outliers, but the majority have been books that we already were talking about. So They're not making extra work for me, though, also. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so the, the not, book. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. You guys pick what you're going to. Pick what you want. What you want. Just letting you know. Think about it. Valiant fans, you came within one vote of yep. having a Valiant on the show. I'm almost at it. Almost at it. Almost. So. Just so missed it by this much. The book we're talking yeah. about. The book we're talking about is Seven to Eternity, number one, written by Rick Remender, art by Jerome Pena, and God damn, Jerome Pena needs to stop. It's well, just, okay. it's beautiful. Ooh, just beautiful. No, he doesn't need to stop. In fact, he needs to never stop. <laughs> yeah, we need a different thing from him. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> he needs to do stop. it. Guys, need to stop. Yeah. I was of mixed feelings about this book. Well, art-wise, it's hard to. No, argue. not art-wise. I, I hear, art. I hear you having mixed feelings because it's, it's definitely. There were moments where I'm like, I don't know what, what this is at all, but. <laughs> it's, I don't know. it's super, it's super fantasy, and this is not yes. a genre we really see, uh, a that often, in general, but from Remender, who's been very firmly in this sort of sci-fi. Yeah, but uh, I, I um, like I like that he's trying it. I like it. No, you know? I, yeah. I do like that. I, I'm a fantasy guy. I like fantasy. I read fantasy novels and co- movies, but I found this one kind of hard to get into. Yeah. I did. Um, I, I had that feeling, but by the end, I got a little more of it. And then he actually explained a couple things right at the end, basically, that kind of helped, like in yeah. the in the pre-letters page that I thought was, was kind of helpful. And... I mean, I like that, you know, like uh, Black Science and Fear Agent before it had the uh, kind of a, a wacky fantasy element, but underneath it was something that was very, it, uh, there was like a sarcasm and irony to it slightly, but th- that was also rooted in reality. Whereas this, this is like a Jonathan Hickman book. It's super yeah. fucking serious. Yep. Um, so that's interesting to see what he's going to do with it. I kind of had a hard time getting into low. And I still do, but I also find it really interesting, and I keep reading it. Yep. At first, I thought, "Wow, this is a very unremender book," and then I realized by the end, no, it was a very remender book because very, it was, yeah, it was. A, yeah. a dad who's going to sacrifice everything to. And also, just the, just the the, 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 mo- the family motto of of what was it? I forget what it was, but it's uh, you never, know, never compromise or something. Never compromise. Yeah, any compromises, whatever. Like it was like, oh yeah, this is very remender. And also, like I, I, you know, I've got a lot of insight from talking to Rick a lot and working with him when I was at Image and stuff like that. Like he's definitely these days, especially with his creator own books, he is writing for the long story. And so, you know, so you get a first issue like this where you're thrown in and you don't know what the hell's going on. It's totally alien and foreign and it's going to take like like low was as well. And it's going to, you know, you got to you got to trust them and go with the groove and, and feel it. Um, and so I'm excited for it. I mean, this isn't typically a genre I normally go for, but Opania just, oh, man, that double paid spread with the weird Groot looking thing. Was, I was uh, like, I enjoyed Groot's cameo. That yeah, was nice. Yeah. yeah so um, there was it, it, there, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a gorgeous. It's a gorgeous book. Yeah. There's a thing. There, 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 I mean, like he's writing way in character, basically, you know, way in this world. So it doesn't sound like Rick. Yeah. 
you know, in the way that a lot of other stuff does. Um, and, and I really like one of the really sort of strong concepts is that all the quote unquote villain wants is for you to hear his offer. And that is super compelling to me. Yeah. <laughs> just what's why can't you just listen to it? What's wrong with that? Yeah. And then this this the protagonist family's like, you don't even you don't even listen to it. The whole body will rot if you do that. You know, well, you know it's like it's like letting the devil in your ear, you know, eventually yeah. worm you know, worm your way. No, but know. don't you want to know what that offer is? Well, I don't know. He's pretty gross looking. Not I really. The, the, the first guy, the, the sort of one who killed the dad, and he's just he points his fingers like, hear his off. Just listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bean salesman. Anyway, so I, I mean, to get Opania on a monthly basis for a few months, I will take this gladly, when, no matter what the story is. So we'll see where it goes. So is this a mini? What is this? Uh, no, I, I mean, it's, I think it's the same Rick. I mean, I think it's going to go longer than Tokyo Ghost did, but I, I think at, at least we'll probably get like maybe thirty or so issues out of it. I think probably so. Um, well, as long as Opania will draw it, I will read it. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. I, I, he's been, yeah. I think, out of all those books, that's been consistent. Yeah. And if it has to wait, it has to wait. Yeah, that's, um, that's going to that. be tough. That's going to be tough for Opania. Yeah. I mean, he's not. Maybe that's what he's been doing. Yeah, no, that's what, it, that, that, that's what he has been doing, yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, so. All right, so 7 to Eternity, we'll be looking forward to the future issues, um, and every week. Ratings. If, every week, if you become. Ratings. Oh, ratings. Ratings. Oh, ratings. 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 Okay, ratings. ratings. 7 to Eternity. Josh, your rating. 7. No. Um, I'm going to give it a 4. I will also give it a solid 4. I'm going to give it a 3.5. All right, ratings. Sticking with it? Yes. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. So you can vote Rating. for you can vote for a book. Uh, become an iFanboy patron, and you can vote next week and have your voice be heard. All right, let's let's have some more voices be heard with emails, Connor. Anonymous writes and says, "I'm in a situation at my local comic book shop and looking for suggestions. So I live in a smaller town with one comic book shop. They only get big. They only get big mainstream books. So if I want to get anything from outside of Marvel and DC, I have to create a pull list. The shop system is to look at the preview books, then you order what you want months in advance." I recently unsubscribed from around six titles that I didn't enjoy anymore and let the shop owner know that. However, I'm stuck with these books because of the previews order system. Some of them I've stopped putting on my post months ago, but they, but, they, but they seem to have separate, quote, these customers are subscribed to these books, so they will automatically be ordered for them system as well. I've been able to unsubscribe from other books before, and they stopped putting them in my box right away. But because I dropped the group of books, it seems they're making me buy all of them until those few months are up. I feel like I've been a loyal customer to be given some leeway with these books. But there are, but been there for years, been buying back issues, et cetera. It just feels awful making a big financial commitment to books I don't even want. What can I do? Okay. This question is here because, one, I haven't heard Connor rail about this in quite some time. And, two, <laughs> I haven't heard Ron talk about it since he was deep in the industry. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm tired of railing against how dumb pre-ordering is, but this is why it's, <laughs> this is why it's dumb. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and Connor's not wrong, but also you got to buy those books. Sorry. Like he ordered you got to buy those books. No, you he have to buy those you. books. You Yes, absolutely. Two things. You have to buy those books for three months a, after you canceled. Yep. Anything after that, you don't have to buy. And this re sounds a little like they're keep going. But, I mean, I assume he's not talking about the Marvel DC books. Because then it's like 14 issues that you have to buy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, that would be painful. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it does suck, especially if you don't want them. When you decide, I decide today, I've read a book and I no longer want it, and you've got pre-orders for the next three months waiting for you. But when you set up that pull list, that's the whole thing. And I don't know yeah. if he offers you a discount for being a pre-order or whatever. You but you sell you, you, 
Sell them at wholesale. Well, no, it doesn't. It's not, I mean, you can't sell like them at wholesale. You, you can't. No, I know. But yeah. if he wants them, he's got to. I mean, if he wants anything from Image or Dark Horse, he has to pre-order them three months in advance. So it's right, like he's yeah. stuck because the guy's not stocking anything. Right, but I, but, 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 but yeah, well, that's the other thing. The guy's yeah, so he's pre-ordering, but I don't know. He didn't give us enough details about his store. Does the guy give a thirty percent off, you know, or twenty percent off if you pre-order? Then you've already been getting some savings. So that takes some of the sting off of it. I'm just trying to think of silver linings here. I'm sorry, uh, but this sounds like a this sounds like a prime candidate for digital. Well, no, but I mean, but he's uh, digital or not. I mean, you, you, I mean, he's he ordered that he made these orders. He's no, got a yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, but I'm saying the, to solve moving, this moving problem forward. going yeah. forward, if you've got a pre-order books and you don't like that, get those books digitally. There's yeah. no, I mean, there's a downfall if you if you don't want to have, but that seems like a really good solution. Yeah, I don't know. The whole the whole system is broken. We've done that for years, but it's it's yeah. it's it's a pain in the butt. So, all right, our next email comes from Eric from Chicago. Uh, this is a totally impulsive, off-the-top-of-my-head question. I shave my head, have an astigmatism, and an affinity for cloaks. Should I grow a big mustache and dress up like Dr. Mindbender every day? Yes. <laughs> I, think that's a no- yes. I, think that's, I think that's a no-brainer. We don't, need, uh, we don't have to think about that question for very long at all either. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you can get a monocle, all the, that much better. Um, oh, you have to have the monocle. You get the monocle, look, the whole thing's off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and an Eastern European accent, but uh, yeah. Um, so he says, also, you guys have talked about G.I. Joe a lot recently, but who was your favorite Joe or Cobra? Now, wait a minute. We, well, if it finishes email, then we'll Okay. And here's a trick question. Who was your favorite Joe toy, comic book character, and TV show character? Mine has always been Zartan for the hat trick, but I must admit, I kind of had a crush on Zorana growing up. Thanks. This is, this is just a shameless way to get us talking about G.I. Joe, and I don't appreciate it. Yeah. We haven't actually talked about G.I. Joe that much lately compared to like five years ago. Yeah, we've and we've never done this. Yeah. I'm pretty, never pretty sure we have. All right, so real quickly. So favorite character, favorite toy, f- uh, comic Joe or character. Cobra. you got to pick a Joe and a Cobra. And Ron, and Ron I don't want to hear you telling me somebody's silly because they're silly. You have to tell no. me what you really liked at the time. Because I know you like Doc, Dr. Mindbender now because he's ridiculous. No, I love Dr. Mindbender back then, too. I okay, fair him. enough. I love fair Dr. Enough. Mindbender. Dr. Mindbender has been a favorite of mine for a long time. And on the Joe side, on the TV show, I was, I was a Flint guy. I liked Flint. Yeah, he was a Flint guy. Yeah, Because huh. yeah. Flint is basically Cyclops. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, my answer actually then is going to uh, dovetail nicely with that. Yeah. And my favorite, uh, my favorite toy was the Hovercraft. Ooh. Yeah. I... I was trying to think about who my favorite character was, and there's definitely like toys that I liked, but my first thought that kept coming back to was uh, was Falcon okay. from the movie. Falcon, who's Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Who's, again, who's basically Hawkeye? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he is. Yeah, like, you're I right. just like, that occurred to me yeah, before right. we got here. So when you said that, I was like, oh, I yeah. got. You. I remember as a kid watching that movie, and and this is the point in the movie where he has to jump and grab his shotgun. And he and he and he he uh, you know he whatever what do you call it he clack he loads it yeah and then he shoots a laser and I was like ah well that that's my class I mean that's the classic thing that I love which I also noticed as a kid was when in the same in the GI Joe movie when they go to the sort South Pole and the 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 guy the globulus whatever that guy was and you know and I was once a man all that stuff but they capture. 
Snake Eyes and Roblox and yep. Lady J, and they put them in an odd cage with like a natural kind of door, spike door to keep them from getting out. And they make a point to be like, we've taken all your weapons. And then I yep. paused it and I'm like, well, he's got a grenade on his shirt. She's got a handgun. <laughs> yeah. He's got a knife. It's like, why don't they just use those? <laughs> you have done no. this bit. I know I have. You did this bit 10 years ago. Also, um, I guess it's long enough. My, uh, I mean, I'll be boring. My favorite was always Snake Eyes. That's everybody's favorite. Snake Eyes but. is a really good one. My my instinct was to be, like, I always really liked like Stalker. Stalker like, his, was a great character. Stalker was a great right, comics and his character. Uniform great. like looked better than like in the mm-hmm. early ones. They all had kind of the same uniform, but Stalker's was the one that was different. And and well, obviously, Stalker, like, I like Stalker's, Stalker's was just the camouflage he and a, he had a beret. That was it. The beret. I loved the beret back yeah. then. Yeah. Like, Everyone was, loved like, the beret back then, Josh. It was back. We were we were obsessed yeah. with green berets. Everyone yeah. in the '80s, all the kids were obsessed with green berets. When I was like eight. I really wanted to find a way to make the beret work. And uh, <laughs> oh I god, I wish I, I wish I could have been there for that. I don't think I. No, I think part of it was I could never even find one. Yeah, to in Vietnam. You had to go to the Army surplus Army store. Navy store yeah. yeah, the Army Navy the, store. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they the, were, I did. They weren't right. I remember Vision Streetwear had like... That's because, um, that's because you're comparing it to a cartoon? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, in the comics, any of the characters that were involved in the early Vietnam stories were always my favorite. So yeah. Stalker, Snake Eyes, uh, yeah, yeah. Scarlet, all that whole storyline. Storm Shadow. Storm, Storm Shadow is my favorite. Yeah. Was my I mean in the comics the most complicated and interesting character was Storm Shadow. Yeah, the, the spe- specifically um, there's like the, it was like the second or, thor- or third Storm Shadow. There was one that had like a hood instead of uh, the hood with all the weird camouflage on it. Yeah, yeah, like the gray sort of yeah. right angle ones. Yeah, um, yes. that was a really good one. And then the the Snake Eyes that came with with um, Timber I liked a lot too. Yeah. That was a great uh-huh. one. Well, the actual Storm Shadow toy was a hard to get oh, item in my school. That was yeah. when, that, uh, when it showed up. Everyone was like, "Oh, Storm Shadow!" Yeah. That first Storm Shadow was great, though. Yeah. Oh man! Just All right, quite. what about vehicles? What about vehicles? Now you already said the, the hover- hovercraft, and the reason I why the I like the hovercraft was because the hovercraft came with the hovercraft driver, which was a Coast Guard cutter. dude cutter. cutter. And, uh, and cutter, all, he, yeah. all he was doing was wearing slacks and a baseball hat and a big old mustache. He had a ball, he specifically had a Boston hat. It was yeah, a Red Sox yeah. hat. Yeah, and uh, he and was just from a, Boston and a life vest. Yeah, and a life vest. Yep. Yeah. You got so, the yeah, job done. I, I loved I loved the hovercraft because I wasn't going to get the aircraft carrier or the terradrome or any of this stuff, but the hovercraft was big. That was a big present, and I was like, "Wow!" So yeah. I had the base, like the Joe base. Uh, oh, you had uh, base? Wow. Yeah, not the not the flag. I knew a kid who had the flag. Yeah. He was a weird kid, but we went sure. over there just to play with it. We've also we're done like, this. I guess we'll go play with Ryan. We've, we've, done, this bit too. we've done this before. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, I like the Rattler. I like the Rattler a lot. I had the Rattler. It was good. Rattler's I had the cool. Sky Striker, which was pretty awesome. What Although, was the... Think, oh, man. I like the Dragonfly, I think, yes. was probably my favorite that That's I had. I had that, that, the Gatling gun in the front. Yeah, it came with Wild yeah. Bill. Yeah. I had a yeah. Cobra boat. Oh, the the um, the character who came with it was named Lamprey. Yeah, here it is. I found oh, it. Hang was on. hang on, I think I found it. Um, no, his name wasn't Lamp. But he had he had one of those weird masks where only the eyes, but he also was wearing a tank top. Oh 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 oh, uh, moccasin or it was named after a snake or something. Like yeah, it might have been the moccasin. Yeah, it might have been that. I had one oh. of those. I'm sorry. Yeah, there was another Cobra boat though that was a smaller boat and it had like a twin hull thing. It no, that's really, what, that's what like I'm talking a... about. The fang boat. The fang boat. Uh huh. That's what it is. So it's a gr- it was green you know, and had two pontoons and had a, a circular turret gun. Yeah. Yep. 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 There was um, a motorcycle 
Jeez. Um, from the very early, it was, it was just a G.I. Joe motorcycle. And I think it might have had a sidecar that had a gun on it. Yep. That was always yes. my favorite. Yep. Yeah, that was and, Moccas- and it, Moccasin. That's that was the Moccasin, guy's name. Yeah, he he had the weird helmet and a tank top and green gloves. Remember the Mobat? Jeez, oh, we could just—I mean, tank. honestly, this is the, the completely derailing the show. So. <laughs> is it, or is yeah. it exactly where the show should go? Yeah. Uh, now, now, now Ron, Ron didn't have a crush on Zorana. Ron had a crush on Lady J. Yeah, I thought Lady you were going to say Baroness. No, Lady <laughs> J. I didn't like her accent. I don't like Germans. But um, it wasn't German. It wasn't German. Or if you Austrian read oral history. It was, she, was a completely made up, yeah. non-country specific Eastern European accent. Yeah. It didn't wasn't anything. Yeah, no. For me, I was, for, I was, I was, I was, Lady J. Lady J was my Jean Grey. So, which is ironic because they had a redhead on the team. Yeah, but she had long hair. Jean Grey, I know. Well, yeah, true. But but Lady J has short hair. It's a, we're on different wavelengths here in this. We're, 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 Lady we're, J was <laughs> Lady J was clearly a smoker though. Oh yeah, it was awesome. She had that voice. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> oh god, right. I love, that was a great right. time. It was a great time in life, man. It was a, it was a, it was amazing to be alive in the '80s and playing with you. I you liked know. rock and roll's blonde beard a lot. Weird. I never liked him. No, like I was like, I want to look like that guy. No, nah, he looked. He looked like, I was, it, I, like I was like that guy listens to Leonard Skinner. Right? No. Yeah. Yep. That guy would listen to like. Where was he from? Let's look him up. California. He would listen to like Free. Oh God, the hovercraft was amazing. It was called the Killer Whale. It was enormous. It was great. Was Rock and Roll the character they had to change the name of? No, they had to change Roadblock's name. Oh, that's Roadblock. Rock and Roll. Real name: Craig S. McConnell. He's from from Malibu, Malibu. California. Oh, he's from California. The fact that I remember so much of this is terrifying to me. (laughs) He listens to to seventies surf rock, man. He's like, yeah, you're right. You know, Surf's Up was probably his favorite album. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It's not very rocky. Yeah. Probably one of the later. I should stop. By Frank Rose. We should stop. So if you've got a rock and roll. If you have a way to derail the conversation via email or via voicemail, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, I emphatically dis- disagree that there was anything wrong with that. You can send in an MP3 file if you wanted to send in a voicemail, or you can send us an email. Keep it short and sweet. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, yes, this is fun. So good job. Josh didn't say which character he had a crush on. That's because it was shipwreck. <laughs> 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 Not, yeah, not, we'll that anything, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Let's thank some patrons. We yes. mentioned earlier that every week uh, we th- like to thank four patrons who supported us at patreon.com slash ifanboy and gave it a certain level. We thank them by giving them dumb and or awesome superpowers. And Ron's going to start us off this week. I am. So uh, Michael Mahan, or Mahan, Michael Mahan, we want to thank you for your patronage. And Michael is, Josh, actually, you would want to be really good friends with Michael because Michael uh, has the ability to tune any musical instrument. Wow. He's a he, he he he's always perfect natural tuning perfect pitch machine. natural tuning and he doesn't you know like you know you do it with the guitar you do near 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 he's like nope he just goes ee, ee, to the knob to the little to the pegs and it's in tune like, he can so tune he's a, just a guy with perfect pitch he can tune no no he's not a guy with perfect pitch he has the bit like he doesn't yeah he just he just no yeah he's got perfect pitch that's, um, what, he, that's all that's what, those people exist you know but he can, <laughs> <laughs> no but he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to you know, he doesn't have to work with it he just he just fixes the knobs it just got tuned. it yeah exactly he can tune a piano just by sight it's like he's a tu- he's a tuning pro so okay there you go sounds useful yeah very <laughs> useful very practical uh, so jeremy 
can can take any situation or thing that's going on and turn it into a workable spreadsheet. <laughs> and they're they're good spreadsheets. They're tabs and formula. But you know, he can he can basically like like if it's a little thing like we're going to the supermarket, he can do a spreadsheet that's going to make it more helpful or or larger projects. Okay. Basically, if you if you need to get something down to data that can be collated and sorted through in any way, Jeremy's your man. All He's right. actually very useful in terms of like your armory, making sure that the team's equipped properly. No, but there's yeah. other things that you just wouldn't think. Like, well, no, he's he's, he's, he's he's the natural CFO. He's, he's logistics. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a that's his that's his horrible superhero name. Natural CFO. That's his natural CFO. <laughs> I was originally going to a spreadsheet with more of a GI Joe term, but I think natural CFO. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, just anything. Like you wouldn't think so. Like, oh, the leaves are all over the lawn. What are we going to do? And he's like, hold on. <laughs> and it was like, wow, that's wow. that's amazing. All right. So David Siley, Seely, uh, he. Never itches. <laughs> <laughs> so is he this is just a guy? This is a guy suffering lifelong allergies who just came up with that. <laughs> so, is, so is he just? Is he just? He's not affected by bugs or Nothing poison ivy or anything. Him. Nothing. Just, no, his skin is impervious to itching. Fiberglass. Wow. He can work. It doesn't matter. It's like some guys are like Luke Cage, where their skin's impervious in general. David, uh-huh. David just doesn't itch. His skin's wow. impervious to itching. Wow. I'm trying to think if there's a. There's a practical drawback to that. Uh, well, does mm, itching serve a purpose? Not that I can tell. It, it lets you know that there's a toxin, though. Wow. Or an yeah, so that's that's the danger. He does he doesn't know if he's poisoned oh. from poison ivy. He just doesn't he's feel. He's like it. one of those guys who can't feel pain. So right. Right. Wow. Huh. Never itches. It's a it's a double edged sword. He's a little bit of a tragic yeah. figure. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of a tragic yeah, figure. A little bit of a tragic figure. Yeah, I'll clean up your poison ivy again. <laughs> All right, so Andrew... I guess we'll go camping. I won't need to bring any bug spray. <laughs> so a- Andrew Molman, uh, we want to thank for his patronage. And Andrew, actually, it's, this is really, really interesting because he, he at, if you're talking in X-Men parlance, um, he has l- acute mental psionic abilities and uh, shape-shifting. But... They're very specific in that most shapeshifters sometimes can they, they shapeshift like Mystique to blend in or to get away right. or whatever. Andrew picks up on the tone of the room and shapeshifts into the coolest person in the room. <laughs> I know people like that. So if he so if he walks into a biker bar. <laughs> so sociopath. So if he walks into a biker bar, within seconds he's got a Bitchin' leather jacket. He's got a nice be- a, 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 a bandana in the right spot. He shapes. Oh wait a minute! So he doesn't actually mimic the coolest guy in the room. No, no, he no. He, becomes, he 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 becomes the coolest guy. He becomes the coolest guy, and the, and thus uh, the, the center. Of I thought reads the tone of the room, and yeah. his, he knows what to do. I think that this Al diner become the Fonz. Yeah, because the Fonz is there. Right. This, so is, he, this he, is as he, telling about Ron as Connors was about him. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> So there you go. So uh, and- you know, so you know, we don't think you've been thinking about work all day. <laughs> <laughs> I so, don't know how to use Excel at all. This is becoming a psychological Rorschach test for it us. It really is. Actually, it's getting really disturbing. But <laughs> so that's a little bonus we hadn't thought of. Yeah. So all right. So Michael Mahan, Jeremy, David Silly, and Andrew Molman, we want to thank you guys for your support uh, over on Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. Okay. Okay. Cool. I know that we're running out of time. 
So the three of us are in a room recording a podcast. Yep. Andrew Mulman shows up. Yep. What does he become? He becomes Mark Marin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. So, so we want to thank you guys for your support. And if you are a patron at patreon.com slash iFanboy, you're in luck because this Monday, September 26th, tomorrow, if you downloaded the show on Sunday when it comes out, uh, Monday, September 26th is our monthly uh, patron hangout. Uh, it is going to be actually our first patron uh, specific, not while recording a show. We're just going to hang out with you for. Uh, Maybe 10 an minutes hour. or so. No, an hour. An hour. Uh, so it's going to be at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday, September 26th. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash ifanboy and look for the post for the link and instructions how to join. And we're really excited, and we can't wait to see how many of you show up for it uh, because that will determine what we do in the future. So yes, <laughs> Sign up before then. Anytime before then, you can be part yes. of it too. Yep. We're going to do a little Q&A. Q&A session. Yeah. Q&A sesh. We could, we, could, we could do an audible, Connor, and just make it all G.I. Joe related. We could listen. I'm not saying after a couple of months of uh, of Q and A, we just decide to talk about GI Joe. That could very well happen. Yep. What if? <laughs> let me just let me just float something out there. What if Andrew Mullen comes into the room? We're all there. I think he turns into Kevin Corrigan. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> That's a good chance. Yeah, good chance. All right. So, uh, in addition to the Patreon hangout, we got some uh, shows to talk about that have happened and some that are coming up. We had our books blowed episode. That was a patron reward. Uh, that came out a few weeks ago. We talked about Dark Knight, a true Batman story, yep. the Paul Dini autobiography story, and that was uh, wonderful. And you can find that on the feed a couple episodes back on this one, but that's another patron reward that we've been that we're doing. We got a talks blowout coming up next month, which I'm sure we'll know more about later. And also coming up this week, well, probably not this week, but soon, Ron, uh, Luke Cage comes out this coming yep, Friday. I'm very excited. So uh, there'll be a Luke Cage podcast. I'm just saying this now so that you will stop asking. Although you're probably not listening anyway, so uh, but Luke Cage podcast will be coming out not this coming weekend because we got to actually watch the 13 hours eventually. So it'll be coming out in October. Yeah. Although uh, although the, the special person in my life is going to be away uh, that weekend, so I might end up watching the whole thing though first the, the night it comes out. So we'll see. I, I don't blame you. I wish I could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it will have to be sometime in October. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Wow. This is the last time we're going to mention this because one year ago we commenced a journey, not unrelated to Kevin Corrigan, it turns out. Um, <laughs> uh, go to goodfellowsminute.com and you will find 145 episodes of us talking about the movie Goodfellas one minute at a time. It's our great opus. It's our, it's our most uh, magnificent achievement, um, which puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, <laughs> but uh, we liked it a lot. And uh, we had a great many wonderful guests on um, that I think about. Like I should go back and listen to those episodes with those guests. I, uh, I, I'll be honest really with you. I, went, I, I, I just finished up a, a uh, pretty heavy total listen to all the I Was There Twos. And then I went back and listened to Mac Orley's week. And it's very funny. Is it funnier now? It's, it's funnier now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out I should have listened. I listened to a few of them beforehand, but I don't think I got the full experience. Now I'm like, how would we get that guy? Yeah. Um, well, speaking yeah. of, this week we had a, a new listener to Goodfellas Minute tweet at um, Colin uh, Quinn. Colin the, Quinn. The, the commandant yeah. and asking him to come on our show, which he, A, became my favorite person for advocating, but B, uh, we had to let him know the show had ended many, many months ago. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 like the idea, I like the idea of somebody uh, listening and thinking that it's I new. Star. 
thinking that it's new. Uh, that's that's wonderful. So yes. <laughs> yeah, it means we did. It means we did what we set out to do. So again, goodfellasminute.com. Those are all going to be there for a while. But we are not going to talk about it every week from now on. All right, and you can head over to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this show, talk about this week's book, what you think of who your favorite G.I. Joe character and or toy was. You can do it all there at ifanboy.com as well as find all the links to those previous shows that we talked about and links to Patreon, all that fun stuff. Uh, if you're on the social media, you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow us on Twitter at ifanboy. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at C.S. Kilpatrick, and I am at Ron XO. And follow the sh- If you listen, I don't know what's happening right now. If you, li- if you like the show, if you like the show, Write a review on iTunes. Better yet, tell your friends or um, anybody. Tweet really, at, anybody. Tweet just at stop. random celebrities on Twitter, yeah, like Mike Starr, and say, and "Hey." Actually, I would like to see more of the iFan base tweeting at random celebrities, telling them about iFanboy. I think that's a good thing yeah. to happen. So yes, definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, everyone tweet at Kevin Corrigan. Yep. Let's not he do on that. Twitter. He's not on I, Twitter. Probably not. That got him on the damn show if he was on Twitter. That's it for this week's show. All right. Thank you for all for listening, especially you, Kevin Corrigan. 